I always tell Bob, when you're not going to be here, you need to invite somebody that's not going to be very good, you know? So it's, it's called job security, right? So anyway, so it's good to have everybody here. We're going to continue. Thanks for sharing, Ernst. I'm also going to share um, out of actually John um, 5 tonight a little bit. But we are in the book of Romans, and last week... Uh, we were sharing through the first eight verses of uh, chapter three when we talked about the, uh, the Israelites kind of talking about how they blew it, the regrets they had during those first eight verses because they had the word, they had the oracles of God, but yet somehow they managed to blow it. Can we relate to that? We get all, everything we need right here in our hands, but we can still blow it, can't we? Amen to that. Amen all by myself. Um, so we also, I also talked about, you know, that James says that we are to be doers of the word, not just what? Hearers. And I love that, that saying because I say that all the time. We have to get busy. We have to be about the business of God. And this morning, the other brother, James, that we have in the bridge um, asked to share a passage, and uh, he shared it, and I loved it, and I thought it fit here. So I, I, I'm going to reshare that story. I think a lot of us know this story. Um, it, it, the title is Jesus Heals a Lame Man. And uh, amen, right? It says, afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside of the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of people, sick people, blind, lamed, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. That's a long time, right? 38 years. That is a long time time to be sick and to be paralyzed. But when Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been ill for a long time and asked him, would you like to get well? And what would we say to that? Amen. Right? And I want, I want to, you may not have a physical infirmity or a physical ailment, but I think we're pretty screwed up in our heads sometimes, aren't we? So, yeah, so that's something that we can ask for a healing in as well. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles come up. Someone always gets there ahead of me. Wah, 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 right? Right? So, I mean, think about that, you know. There's these porches and these, these, pearl, these pools, and when the water stirs once a year, if you get in the water, you're cured. So 38 years, this guy's been sitting there. The waters get stirred. Everybody gets into the water before him, and so he is just complaining about that, right? Opportunity has yet passed me by again for another year, right? So people always get there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. So the moral of the story is you can't always sit around and wait for somebody else to do it for you. Amen? Amen. 
get up off of your backside and do it, right? I'm going to do this tomorrow or the next day or someday or next year when somebody helps me. The time is now. Do it. How long are you going to talk about doing the thing it is you're going to do before you do it? Because before you know it, 38 years have passed you by, and you're like, man, I should have went to rehab when I was like 22, right? Amen? I went to re- I, I got well at 40. So we, to, to, to be nice or to make it feel better, Michelle said, well, that's your years in the wilderness, your 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Trying to make it biblical that I feel old. Amen to that. Thank you. But still, how much time are you going to sit there and wait for somebody to help you do what only you can do? Right? Jesus had a perfect... Why are you just sitting there? Get off your butt and do something about it. Right? How many times are you going to say, I wish I would have, or if I could have, or you know what I mean? Or last time I was in rehab... Right? Because we know that the average time that an average person goes to rehab is three to five times. So, well, when I was in rehab two times ago, I was going to. But how about the next time I'm in rehab? Or when I get out of jail next time? Right? Well, Jesus is going to say, well, how about now? Why don't you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and get up off of your lazy backside and do something about it today, right? And if you don't do something about it today, whose fault is it? Right, right? So if you're going to sit there and wait, well, if Steve Price would only help me out or hooked me up, I would have been better in rehab, but uh, he's just selfish and he didn't help me out, right? It's his fault. I can't tell you, tell you how many people tell me it's my fault they were not successful in the bridge. It's your fault. It's Michelle's fault, right? Right? I actually had to go to the Monterey store one day because this guy told me, I cannot possibly be in rehab one more day with Chelsea. She's just mean. And I was like, I drove over there and I said, are you out of your mind? She is one of the nicest people I have ever known. So you got to go. Right? Now, the last time he called me back, he was so desperate, he said, I'll even work with that blonde girl. Oh, the one that made you leave before? Right? Come on now. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, that's what it is. This is your life. This is your circumstance. This is your decision. It's nobody's fault if you don't make it. And it's your, it's your victory if you do, right? Amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, right? So... 
We pick up in verse 9, and sorry for the kind of the downer here. All people are sinners. Right? So if you came tonight and you didn't know that, I apologize. But it says right here in black and white that you all are sinners. Right? But you know what else it says in the Bible? That you're all saved by grace. Right? Well then, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we, we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, under the they were under the power of sin, right? Because that little thing in your brain, it says in James, is like a seed. It gets planted, and it's much like a pregnancy. It grows and grows and grows until it gives birth. And it says when it gives birth, it brings forth what? Death, right? It brings forth death, right? Because our sin leads to what? It leads to, it leads to being spiritually dead. And what fun is being, walk around, walking around being spiritually dead inside all the time. It's the woe is me, poor me, this sucks, I, I hate my life, nothing good happens for me, no, you, know, you, know, you know, it was the stupid cop and the stupid judge and that stupid prosecutor and that really dumb DA, and man, I'm telling you, that jury, they didn't know what they were talking about, right? It's never our fault. Well, I beg to differ. The, the, the lame man said it wasn't his fault that he just sat there and wasted 30 Seven years of his life. And Jesus came along and said, then, bro, if you're tired of it, get up and move. Do something about it. So that's what I say to us. I say that to me as well, right? Verse 10, as the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. So bearer of bad news again. If you came here tonight and you're sitting and you're sitting and, you, and you're saying to yourself, I am righteous. Well, you're not. The only way you can be righteous is through Christ, right? And it's not your righteousness, it's his. Sorry to steal your credit away from you, right? That's why they call it being self-righteous, because you're the only one that thinks you're righteous, right? Man. Not even one. No one is truly wise. It says no one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one is good. Are you guys catching this? Man, I'm, I'm starting to feel bad about myself, right? Well, now let me, okay, I could, but now jump over here, and I can go back to the man at the pool, and if I don't like what I hear, then do something about it, Right? Do something about it. Do something. Get busy. Change something. It's up to you. All have turned away. It all become useless. No one is good. Not a single one. Their talk is foul like a stench from an open grave. Now that is foul. Right. Right. I, 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 I thought I had smelled foul stuff, but when I became a paramedic, and the first time we had to go fish somebody out of the slough and 
126 degree weather. That was foul. I thought I had smelled foul, but no, 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 no. That was foul. So when they're saying foul, you don't know. He is saying it is really foul. Because we always try to make it smell better, don't we? We always try to make it sound better. Right? We sugarcoat. We put, it's like when you put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. Right? You may make it look better, but it's still a pig. So though may you try, we have some issues. Right? Their tongues are filled with lies. There's a whole section of the Bible that talks about how wicked and how nasty and how evil our tongues are. Right? Our tongues can destroy a nation. Our tongues can start wars. Our tongues can spark a fire that can burn down an entire community. The things that can come out of our mouth can destroy people, right? Have you ever said something that's really been hurtful to somebody else? Well, you, I'm so sorry that I, I got, I'm so sorry I said that. But you know what? There's, you just can't, you can't take it back, right? There are so many people and I think about it all the time, that are sitting in prison because they couldn't figure out how to get the bullet back into the gun, right? In a moment of haste, you pull out a weapon and you shoot somebody, you can't take it back. You can't take back things that you say. You can't take back a foul mouth. All you can do is realize that you are not righteous, that Christ is truly righteous, and will allow you to live in that with him, Amen. It says, uh, their our tongues are filled with lies, snake venom drips from their lips, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness, right? If you have not been around cursing in a long time, and then you're around it, it's, it's annoying, right? I work in an environment that I get to come to work every day, um, I've been on staff, I don't know, like 19, 20 years, but as a pastor, I've been on staff 14 years. And I cannot think of one day in 14 years that I ever came to work and just heard someone just cussing, cussing up a storm. Not one, right? No, never heard Manny, Nate, Andrew, Matt, none of them. I, pro I probably have the crudest sense of humor and the, and the worst mouth on staff, but I don't run around the church just busting out F-bombs, you know what I mean? I don't, because it's not the time nor the place, and it's not what's in my vocabulary anymore, because I don't have to live that way any longer. So when I'm at work all day, and I, you know, I hear the way people talk, and then I go to the shop, and to the mechanic shop. I went to the mechanic shop today and picked up Michelle's car because we had some work on it. And it was like, man, holy cow. It's like every word out of everybody's mouth. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I am not at Calvary Monterey anymore. You know? <laughs> and so, but you, you it, it kind of grates on you because you're not used to that anymore because you've chosen to live a different life because you've chosen to surround yourself with a different group of people that don't feel like they need to be in that place anymore in their life. All right? It says they rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow. Have, don't you notice that when you're doing poorly, 
are, are not doing what you could do. It's just like that destruction, misery just kind of follows you around, right? You kind of have that negative. What's that guy on the Snoopy character? Linus. Linus. Cloud at who? The one that's always miserable. Well, that's Charlie Brown, huh? But it's just always a wah, 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 wah. You know what I mean? It's just nothing is ever good. Everything is always wrong. Life is so hard. Eeyore. All right. All right. You guys better be nice while I've seen Gilligan's Island. So anyway. All right. So. Verse 20, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands, right? So I could listen to the law, and I could watch my mouth, and I cannot steal, and I cannot lie, and I can not do all those things, but it is not the law that is making me righteous, is it? No. It says no one is righteous, no, not one. So it's not the law that's making me righteous. The law was just making me realize how lame I truly am, right? Like, I don't measure up, right? It's like, it doesn't matter if you go up to the ride at Great America and it says you must be tall, this tall to ride, and you don't measure up. You're not riding, right? You're not going to heaven and measuring up based on what you did while you were here, because it's just not going to happen. Because we are not capable of doing that. So, I know I gave you a bunch of bad news, but now after, after that last, before it goes on to the next section at the end of 20, it says, it says that Christ took our punishment. And why did he do that? So we could have eternal life, so we could be righteous, so we can be justified, right? We all want to go to court. Now think about it. Think about it. When I got arrested for possession of heroin and all the other things I got arrested for, I remember I went to court, right? And the public defender came over and met with me and he said, we're going to plead not guilty, Right? Cool with me. Right? But Michelle is like, why are you pleading not guilty? You're guilty. Yeah, but that's not the way the game is played. Right? You know what I'm saying? So why do we go to court and plead not guilty when we're guilty? Because we want to play the system, because we want to reduce our punishment Hold out for that last thing. How about just going in there and saying, I'm guilty? I did it? Yep, I did it. Whatever my punishment is, is my punishment. But we go there hoping that we're going to hear not guilty. We want to reduce harm reduction, sentence reduction, time in jail reduction, reduced fines, amen? Less community service, no work alternative. We, oh, we want home confinement. Right? But in this instance, God took our punishment so that the judge would say, you are not guilty. Right? It says, now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements. Say amen to that. 
you don't got to remember all those rules, right? You don't got to do all that craziness, right? I think the reason it's so hard for some people to accept a relationship with Christ is like, it is you accept me for who I am and believe in me, and I will accept you for who you are, and I will make you right. No, it's got to be more than that. But wait, there's more. Because that's what we're used to, right? You're not only going to get one set of fancy pots and pans if you buy today. You're going to get two for additional shipping and handling. And we're going to throw in the the handy-dandy, zippy, bread-cutting knife, too, right? Because that's what we're used to. We're used to all this hocus-pocus, mumbo-jumbo, and we don't take things like this seriously when we hear about them. No, no, there's got to be more. There's got to be more, right? No, there's not. All right? Uh, we all fall short of God's glorious standards in verse 24. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through uh, Christ Jesus, and he freed us from the penalties of our sin, right? The penalties of our sin. It wasn't his sin. It wasn't that stupid cop that pulled you over. It wasn't the stupid judge who doesn't know what he's doing or that public. Everybody says, oh, well, I had a really bad public defender. Well, I have been doing this for like 20 years. I have been to court, and I so, I mean, I so respect so many of the public defenders, right? I'm pretty what I call street smart, right? And I sit there sometimes in the hallway, and I listen to some of the yarns y'all are weaving to the public defender. I'm like, and they're just like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, he's, he's lying. Are you really swallowing what he's, are you buying what he's laying down? I don't even know if they're on brain if they believe it. But they believe in helping the underdog, Right? They, I, I'm sure they know you're lying. I, you know, <laughs> really, come on. Who are you trying to fool with that one? But they do their job. Their job is to defend you. If you say you didn't do it, you didn't do it, right? But the only place that really actually works is in a relationship with Christ. Because he's not going to be fooled. He knows you did it. He, know you were, he, knew, he knew you were going to do it, Right? And he's going to forgive you anyway. And so you don't have to be laying down this whole, you know, you, know, you don't have to like pray, well, you know, God, when I was in 7-Eleven yesterday, and, you know, I, I, I really wanted that candy bar, and, you know, I, I didn't mean to steal it, you know. He's like, of course you did, right? But that's okay. It's okay. That's why he came. He came because he knew that we are not capable of living a righteous life apart from him. He understands that, and he's okay with that. Can you imagine, like, if we were like that with people? You know, I know you badmouth me all the time, and you're mean to me, and you talk about behind my back, but that's okay. I love you anyway. I still want to, I'm still going to help you move next weekend, right? Right? Can you imagine if we were like that, right? Can you imagine that? What a, what a wonderful place this would be, Right? Now, when someone says something bad about you, no, no, uh-uh, I ain't, no, uh-uh, no. You better hope you never catch on fire because I am not going to waste my Diet Coke pouring it on you, right? Isn't that, am, am, am I, if I'm not telling the truth, tell me. 
right? And the reason I know I'm telling the truth is because I am you. I was you, right? I grew up not getting mad, but getting even. No, you mad? No, if you if you made my dad mad, we were gonna come down, and if you don't believe me, you can ask Michelle. We are gonna burn your car down, and then when that car gets replaced, we're gonna burn that one too, right? And then we're gonna break the windows on your on your house, right? We're gonna pour lighter fluid on your lawn and light it on fire, right? Because you don't cross us, right? But that's not the life that we need to live anymore. So I get it. Believe you me, sometimes something will happen to me, and I'm like, oh, man, the old me just <laughs> wants to come out right now. And I have to turn the other cheek, right? Wow. That's going to be a hard one. But I don't have to worry about going to jail, right? I always, like... I'm always so afraid of doing something just nuts because if I ended up in jail, everybody would be going like, what's up, man? You know, I almost got arrested with Ashley one day in court for a good reason, but I was just thinking, man, because I felt like I was, I was I, well, I was right. I, I, was. Um, I was. I was defending, I, I was. I, I, I was right in my position, and I was going to stand up for what I believed in. If that means I was going to go to jail with her, then we were both going to go to jail, right? And I was just thinking, what are people going to be asking me? What are you doing here, Mike? You know, who's going to come and visit me, all right? I was not going to call Michelle for bail. I was going to wait a couple of days in OR, baby, I'm telling you. Uh, I already done tried that bail me out once. Didn't work, right? Not only did she take all the money out of the bank, she left town. Like, seriously? Yeah. I'm not bailing you out of jail because you're guilty, right? And you pled not guilty. What's wrong with you? Um, so, verse 24, God in his grace truly makes us free. It makes us right in his sight through his son, Jesus Christ. Freed us from the penalty of sins for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin, and people are made right with God when they believe Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. That's what we have to do, right? Shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in past time. For God was looking ahead and including them in what in what, excuse me, including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. He made, him, what he made himself as fair and just and makes sinners right in the sight of everyone who believes. So this is not only for, think about this, everybody who sinned in the past, everybody who sinned in the present, and I, I hate to say in the future because I, I think none of you are going to do that, right? I don't think any of you are going to sin in the future, right? Amen? All right. But just in case you do, just in case you leave here tonight and say, ah, I don't think Mike was right. I, I might sin. He has you covered. Past, present, and future. After all, 
is God and the God of the, God is not the God of the Jews only. He is also the God of the Gentiles. Of course he is. There is only one God and he makes people right with himself by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Verse 31, it says, well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we forget about the law? Of course not. Only we who have faith will truly fulfill the law. And so basically, if you have faith, you're still not going to be able to follow the law perfectly. But you are allowed that measure of grace. So it's still a really good, you know, you can't sit here tonight and say, yeah, Jesus, uh, you justified, you sanctified. So on the way home, I'm a little short on rent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop over at 7-Eleven. I'm going to rob the place tonight. Right? I'm going to get some rent money because you're going to forgive me. Okay. Now, let me blow your mind. Poof. Of course he's going to forgive you. Right? But what he's probably not going to do is keep your butt out of jail. Right? Because you still have consequences. You, still, you can still have an eternity with him if you robbed a bank or robbed a 7-Eleven. But you still got to go to jail. You do the crime, you do the what? You do the time. So we still have consequences. And believe me, there are plenty, plenty of people in prison that Jesus loves who are going to heaven, who are going to spend an eternity with the rest of us. They did some really bad things. Some of the people that I respect most in this world have spent 30-plus years in prison for first and second-degree murder. They are some of the most spiritual, kind, loving, generous, gentle people I have ever known, right? Some of them have done worship on this very stage uh, for many, many years for this meeting. And had I not told you, you would, you would have never, never known, ever, in a million years. Because they though they did wrong, chose to live by the precepts of God, chose to continue to follow his commandments and his law, though not perfectly. But man, that's a pretty good set of rules right there, right? It's like when you leave here, you're going you're gonna to see, I like to call them suggested speed limits, right? Right? Because normally I follow the suggestions when I'm like, when I leave here tonight, I will follow the suggestions, you know? Of, of, you know, they call it a speed, you know, suggested speed, you know. But if I'm going to go to L.A., right, because I want to go down there and get me a big old fat pastrami sandwich from the hat, right, yeah, that suggested speed limit is going to be stretched a little bit because I got to get there before they close. Because if you don't know that I, that I love pastrami, you don't know me that well, right? So I... But the stuff that's really important, the loving his people, the following his commandments, the, 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 the stuff that's just a little more important, of course, to the best of my knowledge, I will follow them. You know what I mean? Because he calls us to love one another. And if you look around this room, I think the world as a whole sometimes would look at people like us and say, man, man, this is their fault. 
they did this to themselves. Maybe so. Maybe so, right? You know, maybe so. But Jesus still loved us, you know? I remember when I was in the hospital after I had my stroke, and, I, and the nurse whispered in my ear that this is my own fault and I deserved what I got, right? All right? Now, so did I say, oh, you're right? No, I punched her in the face, <laughs> right? Now, mind you, that's, that was, I, was, I was out of my mind because I was, you know, I was just post-stroke. But what that did, if you think about it, that that was the old, that was, that was before Christ. That, that caused the old me to instantly fly out. Nobody talks to me like that. I didn't say, I mean, I just socked her in the face as hard as I could and spit on her, right? So, but what that shows you is, Sorry, but when I, I'm trying to make a point here, but once you have a relationship with Christ, you would never act like that, right? You wouldn't, and I, I was so ashamed that I acted like that, that because after that, shortly, I got saved. I had a, a, an absolute transformative uh, meeting with Christ in a hospital in San Jose that changed my life that I was able to have Michelle take me back to the hospital, and I was able to apologize to the nurse, and she was able to accept and apologize to me. You know what I'm saying? So that old man is in there, right? We need Christ to keep him at bay. Christ is, the, is that padded paddle at Whack-A-Mole, right, at Chuck E. Cheese, right? It is. Because he is the one that we need to constantly keep the enemy out of our face. Amen? So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. And uh, so I, I think the way I want to leave it with you guys tonight, or I want to close, if there is something in your life that you are wondering about when God, I'm going to give you the analogy it is easier to steer a car it's in motion, right? It is. Because your car is running, the power steering pump is working, all that hydraulic band, and it's just like, you know, you could just drive around with one finger. That's kind of how it is because God is sitting there waiting, when are you going to get up off of your butt and actually start in a direction? Because I want to help you. I want to bless you. Right? So it's on you. If there's something in your life that you're waiting on, you're like, what is going on? God is like up there going, what is going on? Right? So why don't you take some action in a direction and listen to him and allow him, as it says in Proverbs, to guide your steps. Amen? So, Lord, we thank you. We love you. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to take our punishment to make us right with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.